The following podcast is a production of City View Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. The following program is not ashamed of the gospel and is about to tell you the truth. I want you to take a minute or so and think about the men in your life. Who are they? What do you think of when you think of your partners, your husbands, your boyfriends, your fathers, your brothers, and your sons? How do you see them? Do they share a common identity? Do you see them as a collective group or a mesh of different characteristics and attributes? What are your expectations of them? What role should they play in relation to you and in society as a whole? What do you hope for them and what do you fear for them? You see, I believe right now male identity is at a crisis point. We try our best in society to pretend that historical toxic masculinity no longer exists. We encourage men to talk about their mental health, to express their vulnerabilities, and to talk about the times that they struggle the most. We post pictures of men in tears on social media. We use statements like, it takes balls to talk. Real men talk about their mental health, and it's okay not to be okay. All the while, 78% of all suicides completed last year were by men, yet only one-third of the population of people in therapy were men. Currently, at the age of 29, over the next 21 years of my life, the most likely cause of my death is going to be that I'll do it myself. I find this extremely unsettling, and I imagine you do too. Keeping our thinking challenged by God's truth is the focus of this podcast. We generate real answers from God's Word and from the practical application of that Word in everyday life. Thanks for joining us for the Thinking Out Loud podcast. In the past few podcasts, we dealt with problems of males in our society. Today, we want to dig deeper in how relationships work according to God's Word. In her book, The Will to Change, Men, Masculinity, and Love, author Bell Hooks says that I often wish the men in my life would die. As a young girl, she was so afraid of her dad's control, and then later as a grown woman, she said the same thing about her husband. The man who came home was not caring and used his power in fits of rage, so she thought it would be good if he just died and she would be free. This author goes on to say, women and children all over the world want their men to die so they can live. That's an interesting statement, Pastor Walt. It's a dramatic statement, and it's a hopeless statement. It is. I mean, if she's right, I don't know if she is or not, but that was her statement. She wanted the men in her life to die. Well, divorce rate in America is well over 50%, so she probably has some angst to communicate that's probably real in society. What do you think? The first thing that comes to my mind is you're throwing out the baby with the bathwater. Okay. You're discounting all men because you had some bad men in your life. And if you're wanting them to die, it sounds like they're pretty horrible guys. But it's like I always say, and you said we were going to talk theological today. We will. The world is, as the Bible says, mm-hmm. the Bible is a fallen world. And there is a divide between male and female. There is a conflict there that goes back to the original sin. And it pervades every aspect of our life, especially our relationship as men with women and vice versa. Satan did a good job of going after the head, Adam, and destroying his 
right to rule and reign. And of course, if he's ruling and reigning, he should do it in the manner in which God designed and intended, which was a benevolent, a benevolent leader. The man is supposed to be the head. I, I begin there. And right away, that writes off a lot of women. But that is, that's how God has designed it. But we'll talk through the podcast about what that means. I feel sorry for this woman. I really do. You don't get to experience the joy of what a good relationship with the opposite sex looks mm-hmm. like. Well, just in fairness of her, that was that was her opening statement. She did go on and say, hey, we got to figure this out because men are meant to live with women and women with men, and, and there's some issues here. And if men could be just more caring and more compassionate toward a female, some of these issues would go away, and we'll, we'll talk about that. But here's what I immediately thought, Pastor Walt, when I read that. I thought, if this is remotely true, I wonder if that is one of the reasons women are moving toward you know, lesbianism or same-sex appeal, because it's softer and gentle and more, more what they're used to as far as a female. What do you think? Oh, that's 100% true. I look at some of the relationships where you have two women together, but one is playing the part of the man. You can tell by the way she dresses and acts and so forth, but it's safe. That's, to me, the whole part of the gay relationship is the safety aspect. This is another woman, so fulfilling this role that I need in my life of a protector and provider and yet I don't have to worry about this toxic person, this explosive anger, unfaithfulness, infidelity, the whole, the whole gamut. And so even it's control, to, right? Even and control. even control, yeah. It's just much easier. I went to the fair the other night, and I wouldn't have gone except some of the young guys in the church invited me. We had a blast. And we can just talk about guy stuff, and we have to worry about it. And we're all eating like pigs, and we're not showing proper manners, and we're all dipping our hands into the same food. It's it's uh, it's just easy, as opposed to if I had brought my wife along, I would have to wait for her. Where do you want to go? And the guys were all like, yeah, let's go get meat. Let's go get ice cream. It was no disagreement, no argument whatsoever. That is so funny. I, it, You could have done a video of that, and it would have been a, a, a hit on YouTube. I mean, what do guys do at the Minnesota State Fair? And you just described it. Yeah, we didn't do anything but eat. That's all we did. No rides, nothing. One guy started toying around with the idea. He was the youngest in the bunch. He started toying around with the idea of a ride, and that all got shot down. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. Well, Pastor Walt, let's unpack some of the scriptures because Solomon said this, how can one keep warm alone, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves, a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And often we use that for a wedding ceremony or something like that. But the idea where two can be better than one, and if we have a problem between a man and a woman, you know, having that companionship, that compatibility. We have a problem between genders. So I think the scriptures do unpack some things for us in terms of how we as men are to behave or to how to act within a relationship. So Ephesians 5, 22 and 23, and 1 Peter 3, 1 through 7 will be our two references. So when we come back to Ephesians 5, 22, it talks there about submission for a wife to submit to her husband. 
That's a problem, isn't it? It is a problem. Nobody wants to submit. But the part that I have come to realize, everybody in the kingdom of God has to submit. Submission is a part of the kingdom of God. And why is it that we pastors make all of these clarifications and qualifications around what it means for a woman to submit? Well, this, that, and the other thing. And we talked about this in the last podcast. And you you texted my wife and you told her, congratulations, she makes 95% of the decisions. But I would say I was lowballing it. <laughs> it's 99.9% wow. of our decisions. All right. She runs the house. I let her run yeah. the house. But there are those rare instances where, as the head of the home, you know, we're, we're coming to a decision and we both are differing. And God has given me, I, I think, not only the authority, but he has given me the gifting to make that kind of decision because I, I, everybody is different. We don't want a stereotype, but my wife is just a different person. And um, oftentimes she just yields to me like, ah, she's overwhelmed. I need you to help me make this decision or just make the decision. One of the things we've done in our, our uh, house, we're empty nesters officially now in the last week, but for the last few years, we eat out a lot. And she'll just say, where are we going? And I just say, this is where we're going. So I make those decisions. But it's just another thing off of her plate that she doesn't have to worry about. And she goes along with it. She's good-natured. This idea of submission, I have to, as a pastor, submit to Christ. I also have to submit to the other men that God puts around me to hold me accountable. I have to submit to the authority, the governmental authorities. That's a command in Scripture. Children have to submit to, I mean, submission is everywhere. So it's, it shouldn't be a dirty word. It should be a word of joy. And this, it should be an environment where a woman can say, well, I can trust my husband. I can relax. I can just focus on the things that are around me. I was with a, an older guy one time and he was talking about the, some of the money struggles he was having. And he said, you know, it's not me that's worried. It's my wife that's worried. And he says, you see that woman who just served us our hamburger? She's worried about money. And you see that woman walking down the street outside the window here? She's worried about money. And you see that woman sitting over in that booth? She's worried about money. That's how women are. They worry about money and they worry about security. And if a man is not providing that, if he's volatile, if he's explosive, if he's lazy, the scripture says, if a man doesn't work, he doesn't eat. It doesn't say that about the woman. It says it about the man. So there's a responsibility that we have. And a woman is not going to be willing to submit if she's under a dictatorship. So we need to clarify the idea of what submission really means. Well, you did a good job of going down the line of, of submission. I, I see submission as a character issue. It's, it's an underpinning of everything the New Testament speaks about. It's a character issue. And if our character is not controlled by the Word of God, we're in trouble because we're going to take on the character that men have in society, which is what you've described. They're lazy, they're bully, they're controlling, all of those things. But the word says that man should not live. Now, man was both men and women, but man shall not live by bread alone, but by the very word of God. That's what's missing, isn't it? In most men's life is a understanding of what a man is by God's standards. Talk to that for a moment. Yeah, gone is the, the classic man who works hard and he depends on God. I had an uncle, 
he passed away, I think, when I was maybe seven or eight. And I remember my mother saying the thing that, that really marked his life was his Bible. She said every verse in that Bible had some note or highlight. He just consumed himself with the scripture. And I never forgot that. I had so much respect for that guy because he was so kind, for one thing, but he just worked with his hands and he farmed his entire life. And he had this dependency on God, depending for the rain, depending for a good harvest. But his life was absorbed with that scripture. And I don't see that very much anymore. Guys consumed with social media, Netflix, whatever it is. And it's the it's across the board. But the one person in the home who should have his Bible open in front of the wife and the children is the husband. They, I tell guys all the time, your wife needs to see you praying and reading your Bible because it sends a message to her that you are submitting to a higher authority and so she can trust your judgment. Well, that is what Ephesians 5 here says, is that a woman is to submit to her husband as we submit or as the church submits to Christ. We submit to Christ because he is saved. He is a savior. He'll protect us. We know he is truth. And so a man has to present that kind of image to his family so they can trust him, right? I mean, we're not talking about, because some men say, well, woman, you're supposed to submit to me. And there's abuse going on. There's chemical abuse. There's emotional abuse. There's child endangerment. Well, a woman isn't supposed to submit to that. That's where people get it wrong. They are supposed to submit to a man who is loving and forgiving and merciful and caring like our Christ. Yeah, I was just thinking of this movie, uh, one of my favorite movies. It's uh, Jeff Bridges, and I, I think it's called Wild Heart. Oh, Crazy yes. Heart, excuse me, Crazy Heart. And so it's he's this country music singer, sort of a replay of Tender Mercies, but this one has a, a good moral lesson. And he meets this younger woman, and she's got a child, and they go off together to some casino or something, and he gets absorbed in his drinking and his old habits, gambling habits, and he loses track of the son. And through the turmoil of their relationship, there is, um, she's putting up with things. She understands he's rough and rowdy in his past. But when he loses track of the boy, that's it. The relationship is over and it never mends because she realizes I can't trust this guy to take care of my most valuable possession. And that's a little lesson for all of us as men. When we can't be entrusted by the woman, we can't be trusted with money or time, so much infidelity, so many men unfaithful to their wives, the time that they spend on the on the internet and the computer. I hear from wives all the time, their husband doesn't do anything except sit on the computer all the time. He doesn't interact with the kids. He doesn't help around the house. And it's like Tony Evans used to say at Promise Keepers, if you let the woman lead, she'll lead. And then what do you do? You reproduce that dysfunctional environment where you are sending a message to your kids, men can't be trusted. And that goes to the boy and to the girl. And so the boy says, well, I don't want to be like him. So then he goes into a same-sex relationship. And then the girl says, I can't trust men. So she goes into a same-sex relationship. Homosexuality is going to just continue to grow and to multiply because men are so dysfunctional in our in our culture. 
Well, they are dysfunctional, and I think you said something that I'd like you to clarify. You said the man is the head of the home. If that man is loving like Christ, and he is sacrificial, and he's giving like Christ gives to the church, then a woman would submit to him, correct? I mean, that's what's missing, if I understand it correctly. In most cases, yes, but then we all have issues, Mm -hmm. and we're all products of the fall. We're all sinners. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes women don't submit. They don't, they refuse to trust their husband. They refuse to let him lead. And women, as I always say, they don't have muscles. So they flex the most wicked muscle of all. That's our tongue. And they can really cut a man down. And I hear from guys as well. My wife says the most cutting things, the most hurtful things. Mm -hmm. And I've had women confess to me, I've said very, very hurtful things to my husband. So she may have her issues too. If we can just stay humble and we can recognize that we are fallen and that we are sinful. One of the things I'm really working on in my life is to try to see, is there a little bit of truth in any criticism that I'm given? And the root of all sin, of course, is pride. I'm going to talk about this this coming Sunday in my in my sermon coming up as Jesus addresses the Pharisees. The root of everything, the very first original sin is pride. And if I can look at my life and say, especially with my marriage, because it's my most important relationship, is there anything in me that's causing me to react this way to my wife? Is she being reasonable? Am I blowing the situation up or am I making it more than it should be? One of the things that I think is a sign of a healthy marriage and we have a healthy marriage is that we can kind of go at each other and disagree. And then, you know, I see your side, you see my side and, and let's just move on. It's, it's when our pride wells up and we can't submit to Christ and say, well, this person does have feelings, they have emotions, they have an opinion. I need to see their side of the story. Men fail to realize how dependent women are on them. That's what is so dangerous about this whole idea that men are toxic and men aren't worth it. And women need men, just like men need women. And when we just start writing men off, which a lot of women have, we miss something in our lives. And I tell the guys all the time, your wife is the weaker sex. She needs you. And here's a little example. My son, I said, how's your marriage going? They've been married three months now. And he says, everything's fine, except she did get upset with me when she came home with groceries and I wasn't there. And she expected me to be there. I said, get used to it. I've been dealing with that with your mom for decades because she's the weaker sex. She depends upon me to do things and so last night she went to a women's meeting and I got some things fixed around the house instead of sitting around and wasting my time Mm -hmm. I did something constructive and she likes that when she comes home and she sees that I've cleaned Mm -hmm. or I've fixed something or repaired it so you're right pastor Walt I think God created man and women in a marriage situation anyway as a unit That unit is very important. And there are two words that Ephesians talks about here, and I think it's two words that we miss oftentimes in our relationships with the opposite gender. One is women are to respect their husbands. And respect, that's what you and I want, Walt, more than anything else. We want respect from our our wives, and women want love. 
And if any of that is missing, if the men aren't loving, well, she's not going to submit and she's not going to respect. So the problems begin with those two words. What do you say? It's our greatest need. If a man doesn't get respect, he feels that he's doing a lousy job and he feels that he's worthless. That's what hurts his self-worth more than anything. And the woman is in need of love. I'm not valuable. I'm not cherished. I'm not precious to him. We do have different love languages. And there's a reason why a guy made probably millions of dollars writing a book, Love and Respect, because he knew. Mm -hmm. But he got that from the Bible because Paul is the one who said, love and respect. Mm -hmm. And here's a guy who probably was married at some time. We don't know what happened to his wife, but he was single when he wrote those. Mm. And uh, that's a revelation from God. That's right. (laughs) To a a single guy to understand that the kind of depth of, of the relationship. That's really the foundation. Our second scripture verse comes out of 1 Peter chapter 3, and it's interesting. There's seven verses starting with verse 1 through verse 7. Six of those verses are to the woman, and I find it interesting because you said that a woman can speak some really sharp things with her tongue and attack with her tongue. But in this passage from 1 to 6, Peter is saying that a woman has persuasive ability to change people by her behavior. She has a weapon that is positive and healthy. It's simply that she's wise and she can motivate to change by the way that she behaves. I think that's fascinating. Oh, absolutely. One of the things that I always say is uh, the man needs you because if the man doesn't have a woman in his life, he's going to be a horrible dresser. That's one of the things. Wow, that's pretty interesting. I like to think I have a little bit sense of style, and at least I can put an ensemble together, you know, and get things to match. Colors match, anyway. Exactly. And there's a lot of guys, and I'm thinking, man, why are you wearing a lime green shirt and orange shorts? There's that phrase we hear all the time, man, he needs a wife. Yeah. We'll rarely Mm -hmm. hear anybody say, Mm -hmm. she needs a man. She needs a husband. Because women are capable, they're going to step into that role Mm -hmm. if they don't have a man in their life. But we are incomplete without each other. That was the whole purpose of creation and allowing Adam to name the animals and see, okay, there's the lion and the lioness. I need somebody. And so God is sending a message to him. You need somebody. You are incomplete. And unfortunately, he failed. But Jesus Christ came to undo that failure. That's the gospel. In those verses from 1 Peter 3, verse 7 is strictly for the man. And Peter says, we as men need to live with our wives in an understanding way. And that is an interesting word, understanding way. What do you think that means? To understand they're different. They're, they're totally different. I heard a few years ago, this pastor say, men are like waffles and women are like spaghetti and i did not understand that and he didn't explain it Mm -hmm. i think he got distracted in his sermon and just kind of moved on but now i understand it if you think about a waffle it's compartments we think about one thing at a time and then the woman spaghetti it's all intertwined together so they're thinking about multiple things all the time and it's amazing to me how uh you my wife can i can solve a problem like huh Now I can relax. I solve that problem. And then she's got something else. And I think in my mind, will you just stop bringing me things to worry about? And then the, the classic is the wife walks in 
and the husband's watching a football game and she wants to talk, well, that's a terrible time to talk, first off. And I always say women have an instinct. There's an alarm that goes off in their brain that says, it's the last two minutes of the game. Go try to talk to your husband right now. Mm-hmm. There's a, that's, that's not good. But they don't understand that the man cannot think about multiple things at one time. He, we're just one thing after another. So because we're different, God is saying in that passage, live with them in an understanding way. Mm-hmm. Because some men, it's, it's a little bit different now in our culture and our society. There's a lot more room for women to grow and expand and exercise leadership and take care of themselves. But to think about previous times in our culture and cultures all around the world, women don't have any rights or any freedom to exercise their authority. That's the mm-hmm. culture into which Peter is writing this. That a woman, I was explaining to some of the young guys the other day, how the Greco-Roman world worked. You had a free landowner, Mm -hmm. and that free landowner, who was a male usually, would have his wife, and in some cases I've read that the wife wasn't even allowed to come out of the back room of the house. She was there to produce a male heir, but he got his sexual gratification from the young men that he had working for him on his land. And so that sounds repulsive to us, but that's how the culture worked. Women had almost no rights whatsoever. And we've seen some major changes in the last hundred years in our culture and some places around the world. But in that particular case, the woman is completely helpless and she is defenseless and she's at the mercy of whatever the man does. So some men, I was just talking with a woman the other day who had come out of a terrible marriage and said for 20 years, the husband would just say, you have to do what I say because that's what God said. And she was in a, in a church where she had to submit to whatever her husband said, and he didn't love her. He didn't care about her. That's kind of what Peter is saying is uh, this thought is really revolutionary to the Greco Roman world that a man would have love and he would care for his wife and not use her as just this tool for procreation. It really changed the world. And that was one of the attractive parts of Christianity. We don't really understand that. We just get all upset about some of the things that the Bible says about submission. But really what the Bible was saying is it was introducing a new concept and a new idea to the world that the husband would take into consideration the wife's feelings and that he would submit to Christ and he would serve her. We have to put it all into context. So Peter is saying something that was alien and foreign to the reader at that time. Pastor Wild, it's been good to talk to you about these things. I think respect and honor and love is very important in any relationship. And if people want to know more about City View Church and some of the things that you're offering, say, for uh, couples or men and women, where do they go for more information about your church services or your other ministry opportunities? Where do they go? You can go to our website, cvcmpls.org, and the first question people ask is, what time is our service? It's 1030, and you can get the address there on the website. This podcast is generated by those who believe there is another alternative to what our culture teaches and thinks. We believe the truth that people want to hear is found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining us today. 
We hope you enjoyed the podcast today, and please let us know your thoughts on our topic. We want to hear your feedback and your concerns as you think out loud. Please visit us at cvcmpls.org. That's cvcmpls.org.